Welcome everyone. We are about to begin Bezat Hashem BPW number fifteen. That's Bais Panimi, uh, Shear number fifteen for women. Um, at the time of the recording of this Shear, we have not yet found um, a woman um, that would volunteer yet to um, give Shiurim on this group. We're still looking. Um, if at the time you hear this recording, a woman's already here, then wonderful. If it's not at the time of the recording, uh, then we are still looking. And if any of you personally heard Shiurim or listened to people or had advice from women, um, Rebetzins or um, marriage ther- therapists or people that you feel would be helpful for us to try to contact to supplement the Shiurim here, to have a woman's voice on this women's panini group, uh, please uh, let me know and we'll do our, our research. It's somewhat difficult to find a candidate for many, many reasons. Number one being is finding the right person that would have all these perspectives from everybody. And even if we do find the right person, and we have reached out to some already, uh, many um, are just have very, very busy lives, and we're asking more or less to volunteer. Eventually, we may have some ways of financially, uh, you know, getting financial assistance to, to uh, sort of motivate uh, these women to give shiurim here. Um, so we're going to work on that. But it's not easy on a volunteer basis to have someone that's already well-known and, and professional to volunteer their time and give shiurim here. It's not so simple to find. But again, uh, we're looking. And therefore, um, also, it creates a limitation uh, in the women's group in particular, because um, there will be subjects that are dealing with real intimate and explicit issues, which uh, even if I'd have uh, get a heter to speak about, I'm not comfortable doing so in, in, in this uh, group. Um, I will ha- give myself more leeway when I'm speaking on the men's side. And I think I will give myself leeway also in the joint share, because many of the people have the husbands on one side and the wives on the other side, and the joint is heard by both. And um, there I may also give myself more leeway. But when it comes to a sheer here, talking straight directly to women, it's really we need a woman to talk on explicit matters um, that are important to convey. And uh, it's really not... I'm not comfortable doing it, uh, even if I would be allowed and get a heter uh, to, to do it. And, um, and e- even with such a heter, I just simply am not comfortable. And I don't think it's sort of counterproductive in many ways. So I can't be too explicit. So I'm going to have to weigh my words because will, I will not shy away. And we'll talk about these subjects here. But I cannot talk about it in a very specific, in a very explicit way. Um, but I think there'll be enough, though, that when I do come upon upon these points, to be able to convey that will be helpful. And then for those of you who are, whose husbands are also listening, on the other side of the bias primi, uh, they could share with you when I get to these subjects for the shiurim I gave to the men, and also the joint shiurim here. I, I think will be more open. Um, you know, because I'm addressing really both of you, which is a lot easier uh, than addressing it just here, just for the women. So, but but in gen- but we will talk about a lot of things, and there's a lot of things. Even though I cannot be explicit, 
will be very helpful um, to know, both for Kalas and, and, and for married women in general. The first thing to know, um, and a lot of this is taken from Contrasim, from a Rosh Hashiva, um, that um, gives out these things, guides for Kala teachers and women, just as they give to Chassan teachers. And I gave it to a halakhic authority to look it through, and uh, and everything's alpitaira uh, and straight. Um, so a lot of this is taken from those those um, materials. The idea being, though, and again, this is very hard for people to um, put their head around because all through the teenage years and all through Yiddishkeit, as you're growing up until the point you're getting married. This sexual realm is really something that we're told to move away from and to rechannel our energies away from it as much as possible, put our minds as in the, our teenage years to be as productive as possible, to be as ehrlich as possible, and the sexual realm really needs to be on a practical level, and even in our minds, um, far away. And then comes marriage, and marriage uh, puts a hun- whole 180-degree turn uh, where you were not allowed to um, with the sh- look at the other gender and talk to the other gender and have a real strong separation. And you still have to have that separation overall, but with one's own wife that they're about to marry and their own husband that they're about to marry, that to have a marital intimate, intimate relationship, not just for the sake of Pruvu to have children, but also as part of the normal married life, Aina and so on, to really that the sexual aspect of their relationship now plays a very primary role. And the adjustment is very, very difficult in many, many cultures uh, in, within Orthodox Jewry itself. It's, 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 it's hard. But the first thing to know about it is that marital intimacy is not a necessary evil. It's not a bidyevet. It's not something that is... Tame and but what are you going to do? You know that's the only way you're going to have kids. Um, I think my wife mentioned once very uh, uh, interesting thing. It sounds funny from she heard it from somebody that um, the college teacher was at the end of the college class was teaching a few girls um, and started like you know right before they're getting married to go into the nitty gritty of the actual uh, sexual act and all of that. And one girl, Batmimis, lifted her hand and said, I want to ask you a question. And said, um, why don't these days that we could do, um, you know, intervene, uh, whatever you call that, that uh, artificial insemination type of thing, says, why don't we do that? It's much more tzniistic. So <laughs> it sounds, whether it's humorous or whatever, uh, but that's a poignant comment, a poignant comment saying, you know, there, you know, at least it's a very... Uh, mechanical thing you know you have a doctor put the put the semen of the husband stick it into the uterus of the wife have a child that way why, why? It's, not, it's much more sneistic than than having to uh, you know connect sexually so but again that that's again coming from the notion of of being you know in the minds that it's something that's tummy uh, but nebuch nebuch what are we going to do that's the only way to bring children into the world and the only way Husbands never have to have it also because they have a sexual drive and they need that outlet. So, bidi eved. 
it's really tummy, but uh, what are you going to do? He, he needs a, a place to uh, uh, let go, have that outlet, and his wife is the recipient of that, or she has her needs in those sexual realms, and, uh, you know, what are you going to do? It's a bidiyevet, but it's not true. The opposite is true. It's the most Kaddish thing in the world. And that unification between a husband and a wife is literally, literally Kaddish Kaddashim, and uh, it brings down the presence of the Shechina. And it's not supposed to be done in a serious or solemn way. That's another important thing. Uh, and we touched upon it when we gave Shiurim on the on the the Yadatak Yishalom which is a kuntras for Hassan, and we talked about this, and Chazaynish has a letter about this, interesting, because people misinterpret again, because there are Gemaras that talk about that between a husband and wife, you should not have something called Kalas Reish. Kalas Reish means a certain uh, lack of seriousness, but in a very, very frivolous way, like you're being Pyrrhic oil. So you're talking in a coarse way and you're very, very, uh, um, um, you know, talking like uh, dirty and, and, and things like that and being very light. That's called Kalas Reich. So that, of course, is usser and it's coarse and things especially that are taken from the movies or other things culturally where you may have seen things you shouldn't have seen about how uh, men and women interact in the sexual realm and you, you take that and throw it into your own marriage. It's not healthy. It's, it's the opposite of healthy, and that's what kalus reish is. But the Chazaynish uses the word kalus, though, as a good thing. Not kalus reish, but kalus. Kalus means that there has to be a certain playfulness, joy, relaxed feeling to marriage overall. He was talking about marriage overall, but it's certainly true with mar- marital intimacy as well. So I remember I gave a shear once in uh, that's titled, and I have to look at re re listen to it. But to, that's titled that, unlike our culture's uh, thoughts about this, the sex, the union between a husband and wife in the sexual realm is not entertainment. Entertainment is not is not what it is. That's one of the titles. And yet, we're talking here, and we gave Shurim in other places, where there is an union of, not the word entertainment, but kalos, meaning a certain playfulness, a certain joy, pleasure, passion, to the maximum. That's healthy, that's good, that's kedusha, and that needs to be there for husband and wife to be relaxed and have fun with one another as they're enjoying themselves in an intimate way. Very often, that has to be the feeling, that needs to be a feeling between a husband and a wife. How does that contradict or not contradict what we said, that sex is not entertainment? It's therefore a deep tachlis. And it's not a contradiction at all. It's not. Of course, we all know that the tachlis of it, the purpose of the sexual union, besides pruvu to have children, is the oina and the connection of the marriage between a husband and wife. The purpose is... For the yud of the man and the hay of the isha, or the, the the husband's soul and the man's and the and the and the wife's soul, which is really one to unite and the, to the shechina to be brought down, and that their overall marriage should be healthy and to serve Hakadosh Baruch Hu all the days of their lives as a migdash ma'ad in their home. That's the tachlis. That is true, 
But the way to get there is to have a healthy marital intimacy. And part of that is not to have that overall extreme seriousness and solemnness. And, um, you know, there are um, situations where, you know, you want to conceive a child and, uh, you know, it's the time that 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 could happen. So you want to place a certain seriousness to it um, and kavana to it, you know, when you know that that's possible, that you'll conceive a child and place more emphasis on on the seriousness of that uh, than maybe other times. But even then, even then, there needs to be, it has to be um, combined with a certain joy, a certain pleasure, a certain passion, a certain even playfulness in Simcha as you're doing this mitzvah. The Rambam and Hilchus Ishus, Perak Tesvav, Halacha Yud Zayin, says it openly. A couple needs to come to intimacy through a mutual desire. That means sexual desire. And joy and simcha. The Gemara Baruch HaSamech Bey says that uh, it's brought down the Rav, one of the greatest, Amiroyim. He would first talk to her, laugh with her. And Rashi says there that he did it deliberately to arouse desire. And 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 that that's really the key. And that's really the way a yid is supposed to be. An erlich yid. The people sometimes have a problem even like picturing it in their head. You view an erlich yid as a yid with a talus and tefillin davening to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, coming Shabbos morning and, and, and davening along Pesukah de Zimra and saying a beautiful nishmas and learning Torah B'Kedusha V'Tahara. And sometimes, you know, we don't realize this, that that, that, that that very Kedusha and all of it is Kedusha when they're with their wives, the way they're supposed to be with their wives, with a joyfulness, that is Kedusha as well, no less Kedusha than when they're by the Seder night doing what they're doing, by the Seder night, or Nila, or anything else that they're doing as a Yid. This is part of being a Yid. And, 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 and it's no different. It's just, you know, everything has its time. Everything has its place. A Yiddishkeit, that's very, that's really the really sight of Yiddishkeit overall. You know, when, when you're, you're in shul, Shabbos morning, and your kavon is on nishmas, that's what you're doing then. Your mind is not supposed to be on sexual intimacy when you're saying nishmas. When you're saying nishmas, you're saying nishmas, takadosh baruchu. When you're davening nila yen kippur, you're davening nila yen kippur, takadosh baruchu, and that's what you're doing then. You know, so everything has its time and place. But when you are to be with your wife, that is what you are doing there, and that is Kedusha, right there and then. And um, the rush brings down as a, you know, as a psakiv, and he explains the purpose of these conversations is in order to increase uh, the husband's desire, and um, it's brought down in Shulchan Aruch, all these things. So it's very, very important. Now, this what we said thus far in this year is just want to bring out very important for, for everyone to know that you do find very often Sifrei Musser and some Paiskim also that you'll speak to. Uh, they talk about how when you're engaged in sexual intimacy with your husbands and wives, the husbands, husbands, the wives, if you, if you do that for the sake of indulging one's own desires, that's something that you frown upon. And that's why, um, you know, when, when 
some paiskim are, are machmer, that you can only have sex in certain position, and that's it, in a certain way, a very uh, strict, you know, narrow way of doing it, which has a halachic basis. But their, their view behind that is, is that because it could very easily uh, fall into, you know, getting into the mode of indulging one's desires as being the main point of it, they frown upon it. And um, there is a mucker to, to have that type of outlook. Uh, many Paiskim uh, disagree with that outlook. And we see clearly, even when you look at the Sifrei Muster who look down upon it, that's only if that indulgence of lust is associated as an interest in and of itself, as a goal in and of itself. Is like we said when we said that title of that uh, thing that in Yiddishkeit sex is not entertainment, meaning if, if it is entertainment and that becomes the goal, that is when it's very negative. That's when it's frowned upon. But if you're using that sexual pleasure and desire as a component to achieve a state of ahava, of love, and chiba, of affection, then it's a very positive thing and even necessary. And that's why we mentioned this several times in the main shiurim, and I'm sure you heard it before, that when the women in the Midbar brought their mirrors to Moshe Rabbeinu from the Mishkan, he initially rejected them. And again, Moshe Rabbeinu is Moshe Rabbeinu, and there's a basis for him to do that, uh, that he felt that the usage of it is inciting the Yetzirah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe that, um, accept these mirrors, and that these are more precious to me than anything else, because it was through these mirrors that the women perpetuated many, many children of Mitzrayim by beautifying themselves in front of them, enticing their husbands um, to have children in Mitzrayim. So again, I think this is the same type of uh, back and forth that both have a basis. Moshe Rabbeinu initially viewed the mirrors as something to be rejected. Why? It it, it was a legitimate point. Because their usage can be a facilitator for a very base indulgence for desires. You could use mirrors to do that. You could use mirrors to enhance your um, attractiveness for the wrong reasons, for lust, for desire, for other people that are not your husbands, or for your own arrogance, and so on and so forth. So mirrors could be used for all those negative things. Moshe Rabbeinu knew that. that. So there is a basis to be spurned because it could be a basis for that. And of course we know lust for its own sake, desire for its own sake, is negative. There's no question about it. And it causes one to spiral downward in a terrible way. But over here, Hashem revealed to Moshe's secret that over here was different. These mirrors were not used for those purposes. These mirrors were not used for unholy reasons. They, Yes, they brought out an arousal of sexual desire, and it brought out um, them, the women, to want to look desirable and to be with their husbands. But the purpose was the very existence of Kal Yisrael. And the mirrors became objects that were worthy to be Kli Kaidesh, became part of the Kiar in the, in the Mishkan. So when a passion and desire is used as a means towards a goal of Kedusha and to keep mitzvahs, and it's not in an end of itself, then it is very, very worthwhile and uh, meaningful 
And indeed, uh, you're fulfilling the purpose of creation, not just with having children, but on the mitzvah's oina itself. is very, very important. So we're going to be Messiah this year right now with that particular point to always remember. That the sexual aspects between a husband and a wife in a marriage is kedusha. It's not uh, something that's tummy that bediyeved, uh, what choice do you have? needs to be besimcha. The key behind it, though, is what the goal, what the tachlis is. And that is why, and again, not everyone will agree with what I'm saying. Some paiskim I know do. Many in some circles do not. But it's something that I, you know, if, if you, you don't see it this way, uh, you know, and, you know, and you and your husband are on the same page and then you could not listen to the shiurim or leave the group, kalakavod. But the idea behind it, and what we're going to emphasize here very, very much, is this nakuda, that the idea of between husband and wife alone, and that's what these panimi shiurim are, are about. They're called panimi because they're internal, private. This is not, we're not talking about expression of sexual aspects and any other shape or form other than between a husband and a wife privately between themselves, that here, especially in Aradar, and especially as long as your kavanas are, again, not to be selfish and self-indulgent for its own sake, and even there's a little shaloy l'shma, will come to l'shma, but the tachlis, the purpose is, is to get closer to your husbands, closer to your wives, to build a bias neman, to protect yourself from outside forces. And that's why you're, enhan- you're, you're, you're uh, accentuating this sexual aspects and even trying out different things that are halachically permitted. That's a healthy thing. In, in, in many, many Paiskin's view, in many G'dayli Yisrael's view, because what it does is, is it keeps the marriage strong. It keeps each, both of them satisfied and loving. It spreads that goodwill to the other aspects outside the bedroom in the marriage. And it is a very, very healthy thing to, um, to, to engage in and to let it be a very important part of marriage. Again, as long as everything is in life is balanced. So if there's a hyper-focus on it, you know, especially when, when couples are young, sometimes they, or they get into a phase where uh, they, they think 24-7 about this, these things, then, of course, then you got to reevaluate, say, you know, you need to take, take a step back, you know, realize what the tachlis of all this is. But the idea of a husband and wife wanting to enjoy themselves with a kalos, with a, with a lightness, with a fun, with a, with, a, with a warmth and a joy, as long as they have that main tachlis in their mind to strengthen their marriage, then it's a beautiful thing and it really should be encouraged. Brach and